48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at CoreyKerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is giving your products, your projects a shot. So um, basically what we're going to talk about is uh, we're all in different stages of things. Um, Josh is on the final page of a five-year comic that he's been working on. Um, Scott is finishing and starting things all the time, Um, has just wrapped up a a Kickstarter uh, a few months ago and is launching some products. And I uh, finish an animated short that I have submitted into a number of film festivals. Um, and so we're, we're all kind of in that stage where like promotion of something that's done um, is either happening right now or kind of on looming in the horizon. So I thought this might be an interesting topic because for me, um, I'll just give you like a little short history of me and awards. Um, I don't know how to say this without sounding really cocky so i'll just say it and you guys can judge me if you want uh but like i i've entered a couple local things local advertising things um back when i was doing graphic design full-time and uh and i kind of just swept whatever categories i would enter um and then i didn't see any additional work like i didn't see any additional like freelance work or anything come from that and i think i'm just like located in an area where there's just not enough people for it to really matter. And so that was kind of the only experience that I've had with like entering and promotions and that type of thing. And so any, any freelance work or any work that I was getting, you know, was, was me beating the bushes or happy clients talking to other people. Um, but it, there wasn't much for like winning awards and, and doing that. Uh, fast forward to this. Um, you know, I, I learned animation recently. Uh, it's probably been a year, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Time is weird, but um, it's, it's fairly recently compared to illustration and design and video that I've been doing for decades. Um, and so I, I finished my first animated short film um, and I just thought like, I'm going to, I'm going to shop it around. I'm going to see what happens. And so um, I entered it into a bunch of film festivals. Um, I've been doing everything I can to kind of like cut the cost and I can kind of talk about that if anybody's interested. I don't know who's going to be entering at film festivals, but there are some, there's some tricks to kind of saving some money. Um, but basically I've entered and then I got four rejections in a row. And then uh, this last week I, I got a selection an award um, and I'm a finalist to be selected. And then I've been invited to, enter into like a more competitive category for one in New Zealand. And this coming week will be another deadline. So we'll find out whether, whether I'm selected for that or whether it'll be um, another rejection. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's, it's interesting. Um, It's kind of uncomfortable as well. Cause like I don't, I don't, I don't get, I, I like, I don't, I don't like accolades or adulation. It, it kind of, uh, 
it makes me uncomfortable to be praised. And so I'm, it, it's interesting that I was telling Josh and Scott, like, Hey, look, I won this thing. And then I started to like downplay it. And they were like, dude, don't downplay it. You won a thing. I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. It was cool. And I, I mean, I was honestly excited about it, which is why I was telling people and it, but I had that same conversation with uh, several other people. I think about three or four times where everyone close to me was like, you know, stop trying to make this not seem like a big deal. It's a good deal. Like you won, like, you know, own it. And so um, I'm finding it, uh, I'm finding it difficult to, to deal with that um, without trying to downplay it or whatever. Because yeah. um, I mean, on the flip side, I really don't want to be one of those people that's like, look at how cool I am. Because that just, that I, that's just not me. So, so anyway, so that's kind of that's kind of interesting. That's what that's what I'm doing is trying to shop it around and get out there. And um, Josh, you you recently had an experience with a couple um, a couple situations on uh, art casters. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I just want to. I mean, this isn't like a recent experience so much as just my average experience in life. Is I, I catch myself usually downplaying uh, relationships I've built with people. So like, um, like we've had David Chelsea on art casters, but when it came to initially inviting him, um, even though this is a person I've like hung out in their studio, we drew together, we hung out together. We did like a a 24 hour comic together. Um, I I suddenly just convinced myself, but this guy doesn't like you. So he's not going to be on your stupid show you know? <laughs> does that make sense and yeah. i do that all the time with like i mean we've had amanda meadows on she's awesome she's a buddy of mine and like and yet before inviting her my voice just did the same exact thing where i was like well she's a big time editor she doesn't want to be on our show you know right. uh, i catch myself doing that all the time with everything like and and that doesn't just go to like guests or whatever that goes to like if i submit for something i'm like yeah but they wouldn't want that you know um it it, it's like a there's this like negative kind of downplaying voice i think what's behind that is just kind of like fear of um of rejection really i mean i know it's lame but i think that's what's behind it because i think at the end of the day like um I, but but what I was going to say is is kind of neat it, is the fact that like when you actually take a risk in art or like even on a show, like you ask somebody who you don't honestly know will say like, yeah, I'll do your show to do your show um, is occasionally you actually get uh yeah, yeah, I'll t- we're, I'm totally down to do your show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or every once in a while you actually get the thing, the award or whatever. Um, or the publisher actually says like, yeah, we actually like this. We'll put it out. Like, um, I guess what I'm getting at is like, there's a thing that is really essential to kind of doing okay at what we do. And part of it's hope. Um, you kind of have to proceed forward like like even with with Corey like sending out that stuff um sending out your your animation and stuff there's a level of hope in in the act of doing that 
Um, because by just doing that, you're hoping that some of these places will see it for what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but that's also a really scary point to be at because, like, it, it's hard to admit to hoping for something because then if it doesn't happen, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's also like it's it's strangely, um. It's interesting to me how often I have to like relearn the lesson of like, um, I mean, we've mentioned it before, but like that I'm not as great or as terrible as I think I am. Mm-hmm. I have to learn that all the time um, with things like with, with relationships with other people, with professional contacts, with, um, with art and like putting it out there and kind of seeing responses. Like I, you know, back in my heyday on Threadless too, every time I submitted to Threadless, I'd have designs where I'd be like, totally going to win. But then I would convince myself, no, like there's no one's going to care about your, and even on my like, like ninth win. Right. I was like, yeah, but like, nobody's really going to like, this is just, those were accidents. Right. It's kind of like an imposter syndrome kind of thing. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I think it's really important and I need to get better at kind of um, clinging to and embracing hope because of the fact that's addictive. Like, um, like if you approach somebody to be on your show and you say like, Hey, do you want to be on my show? It's kind of a stupid like little thing. And I know you're probably busy. And like that's way less intoxicating and interesting than somebody being like, Hey, we have this awesome show. We go on like once every two weeks uh, or we, we go on it once every week. It, you know, alternates between my friend and my channel. Um, we have a really dedicated community, uh, and it'll be good promotion for whatever you're putting out. Do you want to come on our show and like do an interview? And it's a relaxed interview. Like there's no expectations. So it's like, right. you know, if, if you go to somebody like that, like it, it's way more likely somebody's going to be like, yeah, I'll be on that. Then if you're like, well, I have this thing, but I don't know, it's kind of stupid. because like at the end of the day if you're not hopeful for what you're putting out there then how can you expect other people to be hopeful for the stuff you're putting out there right right exactly but anyhow it's just interesting that's a total rant but i guess what i'm saying is it's interesting to me that i have to relearn that lesson all the time you know um and i'm always amazed when people agree to be interviewed by like scott and i and that doesn't mean i i I think what scott and i do is cool yeah it's like i will convince myself that like no one would want to you know i don't know if that makes sense but yeah no it it totally makes sense and i i wonder uh you, you had mentioned that a lot of times you avoid it because of the fear of uh of rejection um I wonder if the opposite is sometimes true for me because um, for whatever reason, I'm very comfortable with rejection. Like I almost, I almost expect rejection to happen. Um, But what I'm finding is even a modicum of success. I'm like very uncomfortable with. (laughs) So I wonder, I wonder if it's, uh, you know, the, the fear of, you know, having your hopes be, um, like validated is, is kind of an issue. I wonder if that's a thing because. No, you know, I, I, I think that 100% is a thing, you know, 
because because like even thinking about my scenario it's like i i kind of do think more of the fear might actually rest on the idea of somebody actually saying yes yeah and then like well what happens if they come on and i make a jackass out of myself right right that makes sense because it's like the stakes are pretty low if somebody goes like no but if somebody you really admire is like yeah yeah i'll hang out for an hour and talk then it's like then you actually have to talk and similarly like you know if you actually get the awards then you like it's like legitimized and and you have to live with this the thing you put out that got the award and yeah you know whatever the repercussions of that are you know yeah i've been going through this with lately um with students it's been really interesting because i'll talk about uh you know this idea of if it, the idea of something is always way better than the execution of the thing, you know, like in your mind, um, because in your mind, anything is possible. And so the gaps, the, you know, the, the, the negative parts of it, the, the follies, the failures, um, you can just feel better about that in your mind and then they don't exist. You know, the, the plot holes in your story aren't there because it's not outside of your head. Um, as soon as you bring something into realization, as soon as you bring something into the world, um, you see it for all its faults and all its failings because now it exists and other people can see it too. And it's always really interesting to hear people tell other people about their idea rather than saying, here's the thing I made. Um, because here's the thing I made is it exists and stands on its own or fails on its own. But this idea, people can get excited about the concept with you. And so I've kind of found this thing of like, if I win and this gets screened, there's going to be a number of people that watch this thing that don't know me and don't care about me and have no reason to root for me and are just going to judge this thing that I made that exists on its own merits, whether whether they're going to judge it for good, bad, or ill. Whereas a rejection is a rejection. That's something that I, I get in an email and then I, I laugh about it and I move on and then no one other than the judges see it, you know? And so it's kind of, it, it is kind of an interesting thing. Um, and I don't want to name names because of what I'm about to say, but I've seen situations where people get accolades really early on and then they go on to make like the full version of that product and the full version isn't very good. And I think it was the promise of the thing that everybody got excited about. There's like a comic specifically that I'm, that I'm thinking of where it was like a little ash can that everybody was like, this is amazing. Um, And then they made the first, um, the first issue of it or the first trade paperback of it. And, And it was all right, but the ash can and the promise of what it could have been was significantly better than the end result. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Um, and I think there's always that there's always that weird fear that uh, you know, once you make something, it, it's gotta stand on its own. It's gotta be good or bad. And so I think that's that's there's risk on winning and there's risk on getting rejections. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons that I submitted this to so many film festivals was because it was scary and I have a, I have kind of a personal rule where if I'm scared of something that isn't going to injure me, uh, that's something I need to seriously look at. 
Because usually yeah. that that fear is not grounded in useful survival. It's grounded in something stupid, like you know how people perceive me or or something like that. And so yeah. that was something where I was like, I made a thing. I could do my normal thing and you know release it on YouTube, release it on Instagram, release it on Twitter. Have a handful of people see it and pat me on the back, and then it doesn't get really any wide circulation. And then I move on and make another thing. Uh, or what if I go for the gold? <laughs> you know, what if I swing for the fences? Um, and it's been it's been an interesting it's been an interesting ride, kind of doing that because because uh, you're really putting yourself out there. And I got some critique, which I don't disagree with, um, from one of the film festivals that rejected me. They gave me. They gave me their opinion of it and it was all these negative things about it. And I was like, yep, I agree with all of those things. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's, it's been, it's been, it's been unique uh, to, to submit and, and receive feedback. And yeah. And I think that's touching on something that I think is really important, which is you, you should be swinging for the fences and, and you should be putting yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable. Um, if you're comfortable, you're most likely not making a lot of progress. Right. Um, and so like, and I would say like, let's say you are like 10 years down the road and you're submitting these same festivals, the ones you want at, and that's the only ones you, you hit. Cause you're like, well, I want at these. So I'm just right. going to hit those again. It's like, that would be, probably really bad because once again it's like it's playing your comfort to what what you know will work um sometimes being in the unknown and allowing the thing to like have a shot at either succeeding or failing it, it is a really good thing um and i i think even when i'm done with this book i will probably submit it out to publishers again and see what all i get back um i might not make any progress with that i might in the meantime like put it out and kickstart it but even that like i feel trepidation about and i'm not nervous about kickstarter so much if it doesn't get funded um that is a horror story in my head of course and that would be really embarrassing and stuff but i've had failures before and public failures before so it's like it's not really a big deal um, yeah. the scariest thing about kickstarter is Oh crap! What if I actually get it done, and then I have to fulfill all those orders, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and um, or like up into the point of like kickstarting something where it's like, well, well, now I actually have to design a book, and now there's like reality stuff, mm -hmm. that, you know, like making these things actually happen and putting them out there. Um, like, what if I send it to a reviewer and they actually review it? Um, that's, that's a huge thing too, right? Like if you send out your comic to like a bunch of, uh, comic book podcasts and, and one of them actually decides to review your work, like, um, you know, that's, that's a much more risky proposition, right? Cause once again, like, like Corey, like you were saying, it's like, you can kind of have it exist in this safe space amidst, amidst friends and, um, in where you, and your own approval are all, and, and then maybe the, the peers around you are all that kind of matter, but putting it into a wider space and opening up that dialogue, that's, that's uncomfortable, but that's good discomfort. That's like, that's like a, you know, critique at the end of a class kind of discomfort. Um, that can be really good. If, if you're, 
in school and you're in a class and you don't feel uncomfortable during a critique, you probably don't have a good teacher. Yeah. I mean, you should feel comfortable with getting critiqued. But my point is if it's a good critique, there's going to be a couple points where it's like, it kind of sucks to hear, but you know, it's right. You know? Yeah. So um, that's, that's kind of, I don't know. I think, I think kind of jumping in on that is, is a good thing. I don't know, Scott, is this reading like, hitting home for you at all on anything or anything comes. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a certain a particular instance, but I know I deal with this stuff all the time. I can't think of anything specific, but just the, that definitely that, that fear of, well, you know, uh, uh, the fear of success, it's kind of just a weird thing. Like, you know, like you guys were talking, I mean, it's almost like it's, it's easier not to send that, that thing out. Cause like, you know, what if it does go big, then that's, uh, you know, it's a whole bunch of, it's a good problem to have, but it's like, it's still like, oh, now I gotta, now I gotta, I gotta figure out how to, you know, make this work or whatever. So uh, I wish I, I was trying to think of, uh, I mean, I, I've dealt with it so many times when I'm trying, I can't think of anything off the top of my head specifically. Um, you know, some of this with these digital products and things, and there's, there's partnerships and things like that, that like I've got, uh, I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but I've got, I've got somebody who approached me that wants to do sort of a, a collaboration and it's, I mean, it could be a good thing because it's a very, you know, and the, basically what he was talking about doing was, you know, super, uh, you know, I think would be great for both of us. It'd probably be even better for me because, you know, he's got a pretty big platform that I think would kind of help me out and he would get a product out of it and everything. Um, so, but Part of it is just, and I don't think that'll go away. I think, I think as soon as I'm ready, if I contact him, we'll be able to move forward with that. But, but you know, part of it was like we were gonna. Last I talked to him, we were gonna set up like a, you know, some sort of a, I don't know, a base camp or something like that to start putting ideas down. And I haven't really followed up on it. Mm. So, uh, but I've got other stuff that I'm I'm working on. So, um, you know, I'm trying, I guess I'm trying to get a little further along with some of these other things before I approach that. But, you know, part of it is like, oh man, this is, this could be a good deal, but it's going to be a lot of work too. So I, I've kind of been putting it off, I guess. But. So, so like something that comes to mind to me that I think would be a good analogy is like a lot of people have like a fantasy. Uh, let's say you're like a single person and you're watching a movie and you have like a fantasy of an actress or something. You're like, wow, like love to take that girl on a date, right? Um, you can play that out in all kinds of different ways and have a very successful fantasy, right? Um, that's slightly fulfilling. Um, it's a whole different world if like, what, what would happen just hypothetically if that person, if you were to actually walk up to that person and be like, would you like to go on a date? And they said, yeah. Well, now you have the reality of ha you have to go on a date with like a movie star, right? And right. what are you going to do to impress that movie star on a date, right? Um, suddenly, like the fantasy could actually become a disaster <laughs> by by having a success story, right? So, I, I mean, it's a, it's a bad analogy, but it's just like, I guess, I was trying to think of a way to kind of solidify the difference between the where it's comfortable to kind of live in the fantasy Whereas living in the reality can be a much more challenging, um, slightly more rewarding thing if it goes well. Yeah. But it opens up a lot of possibilities of different anxieties and different 
potential problems and stuff. So, um, but I do feel like you need to always hope for those things. Like you got to hope for the unwinnable thing in art um, with your art all the time. Like you, you always have to be kind of pushing it a little bit past your comfort zone. And the reason I, I can comfortably say, I think that's something you, you should be doing as an artist is like, that's literally the only reason I've gotten anywhere as an artist was by doing that, by, by like kind of being like, I'm not really comfortable with putting this out there in this contest or whatever. And then, it, and then putting it out in a contest and seeing, seeing what happens. Um, I'm not comfortable like submitting for this thing. So I'll submit for it. Um, so very much like along the lines of what Corey was saying, I think, I think if you have something that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing fear from it or, or like, uh, heavy anxiety and yet it's not something that's going to kill you. A lot of the times that might be a really good signal that it's something that'll better you. Mm -hmm. so that's something run toward as opposed to away from. So, yeah. So I've got a, I've got a question. Um, I, we've talked about this, uh, but it's been a long time. Um, and uh, Frank, Frank just joined us. How's it going, bud? Um, what, um, when, how do you, how do you judge, how do you judge how valuable something is? So for example, these film festivals, uh, not all of the ones that I've submitted to cost money, but several of them do. Um, and I know that there's a lot of illustration stuff uh, and a lot of comics things and things that cost money to submit to. Um, and I've been, I've been toying with the idea of like, how do you judge the value of something like that? The value of, of kind of putting it out there. You could even take it into every once in a while, I'll take like five bucks and throw it out like an Instagram ad or a YouTube promotion or something. Um, just to kind of see what happens, you know? Um, so how do, how do you guys weigh, you know, the value of something monetarily uh, on that risk? Any, anything you think about consciously or is it kind of just like, ah, oh, this is worth it. This isn't worth it. Uh, personally, I'm a cheapskate when it comes to contests. Uh, uh -huh. And, and, this is, I think this is different with film. Yeah. So my experience with design annuals that charge money and design contests that charge money. I just find that um, like there's, there's a design directory and I'm not going to name it, but I, anybody who's around in illustration can probably figure it out pretty. You've probably been contacted by them. Same. You've probably been contacted by yeah. them because and I got contacted by them like year one of freelance. And I remember early on being like, Oh, that is pretty appealing. And there's a lot of big illustrators in here and they say it'll land jobs. And so it's like a $2,000 price tag. So um, years and years have gone by where I've just shot that thing down. And then as an art director, I've been contacted by those people trying to kind of peddle their wares to an art director. And, um, and I realized actually, that I don't think they're closing to quite the extent that they were because they wouldn't have to be soliciting every illustrator um, on the planet if they were succeeding. Like if, if it was a successful catalog, they would be being pursued. They wouldn't be doing the pursuing. Right. Um, and, and so 
but, but, but at the time, like early on, it was hard to kind of see that in retrospect, I found that like, I ended up in design annuals that I submit to like people just contacted me and were like, Hey, you know, we want to put your work in this collection of like modern vintage illustration or in this book about like t-shirt design history or something. And it's like that, that didn't come from me like um, paying a fee. So yeah. that, that's something I'm really opposed to in design and illustration. Like I don't like entry fees. Um, however, keep in mind, I also have some friends who've picked up some pretty sweepingly good awards that came with a very large financial benefit and a big client base by paying those entry fees for like AIGA and for some of the bigger stuff. Um, uh, I just, I guess maybe I'm just too much of a miser. Like I, <laughs> I have never, um, never spent, like, I don't, I don't even spend money on advertising and that's something I should do. Um, so that's, that's like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, um, it's not something I'm opposed to, but I, I probably could do with being a little more open to possibly spending a little money. Cause it, it makes sense. I mean, um, when I work with clients, I don't expect them to advertise for free. Right. <laughs> so why would I expect myself to advertise for free? You know, I don't know. Scott. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Scott? Um, I don't, I don't do contests. I don't really personally myself, I don't really believe in them. So I don't, I don't do design contests or anything like that. So I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I am excited that you, you know, you're getting the, the accolades and things like that, but it's just not for me. I don't, I don't deal with it. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see the value of it because I mean, um, having, having entered a few things in the past and won a few things in the past, um, it didn't really turn out. I mean, I got a couple of speaking engagements. You know, I ran a couple, as a keynote, a few things based on some awards that I won. But, but um, there wasn't anything where it was like I landed a big client or anything. Um, but I was kind of on the design side and the illustration side, more on the design side. But um, but then with this, it's film is interesting, and I don't know if I'm just like new to it. And because I'm new to it, I've been I've been taken for a ride. I'm not sure, but at the same time, um, the setup seems different because you're actually paying, you know, a panel of judges to curate an event, um, and and it's not like I can look at it. It's not like they can look at an illustration and be like, "Well, that's good or that's bad," you know, and move on really quickly. I mean, they have to sit there for the entire duration of the film that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so there's some time investment of some professionals on the other end that kind of comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know the, the whole film thing, but I will say this. I mean, I have seen, you know, obviously you see, you know, like movies come out and they've got the laurels on there. Whereas I've never seen like a logo design that says best in show or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. So my experience is only with the design contests and I just don't, I don't mess with them. But um, yeah, I mean, film could be an entirely different thing. That's nothing that I've really ever got involved in. um, Even when I was kind of doing, you know, video productions and things like that. So. Yeah. And I wonder if those laurels do anything. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean do, is there a perceived value to that? You know, I, they, I think I, you know, I, I I'm one that kind of I do pay attention to like like uh, crit, certain critics and things like that when uh, when they get a review. You know, when when movies come out with reviews, and sometimes you kind of watch them because if it's like. I don't know if it's if it's a like sort of a respected critic, somebody that I've listened to versus some Internet outfit that, you know, where they put the name of the thing really small. <laughs> you know, I just like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So it's, it, I guess it does kind of. So as far as for film and stuff like that, I, that can make it that might make a difference for me, you know, yeah, um, like I, I can also mention, like, I mean, if 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 awards didn't matter, then I don't know why all the best-selling kids books would have Caldecott medals on them. You know, like it's. I mean, there's definitely some awards in some industries where it does matter. I think books are good. Like books are a good example. And the only thing that's a little unusual that that seems unusual to me is like, I think the film circuit charges. You know, whereas I don't think I don't, I don't think you're charged to submit for like a book award. Um, but then again, you might be, so I don't know, but like you, you, from what I understand on the children's book side, the publisher eats the cost of of submission. And so, and, and you kind of don't have a chance to even be considered unless, unless you've got a decent publisher behind you. Yeah. Um, and so there's a little gatekeeping going on there because you've got, you know, and, and Josh, your wife will be way more tied into this than I am, but but there's a little gatekeeper gatekeeping going on based on, you know, like the publisher. And so you get, you get penguin or random house or scholastic or somebody saying, uh, I'm going to enter this book, you know, then, then they take notice. But I mean, if you win a Caldecott, uh, you're set for life. You know, I mean, that, that book will never go out of print. It will always be in stock almost everywhere. And, um, and the royalties on that alone, you could live off of in a small town for the rest of your life and not work. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, I think like Brandon Dayton too, like he, he got the Yalsa award, I think for, for uh, his graphic novel. And then that actually put him on the map and, and got <laughs> publishers interested in it. So there's a lot of scenarios where laurels, you know, help. But I think at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I think it's just like a per industry basis where it's like, um, you know, yeah. I mean, like for me, if I if I see an entry fee, I'm usually pretty hesitant. But like I said, I think it's a little different with film, um, yeah, and probably a little different with a lot of the book uh, book awards and stuff too. Um, so yeah, yeah, and it's different. As well, I don't know if I'm trying to downplay or mitigate what I'm doing, but water it down. But like, I, I once again find myself in an arena where I'm not sure what my goal is. Yeah. Uh, because I know a lot of people enter film festivals because they want Hollywood to notice them and they want, you know, to be picked up as a showrunner for the thing or they, you know, whatever. I mean, like Napoleon Dynamite is a good example. I mean, the the film Pelicula or something was a short film. Um, You know, I think it was about nine minutes and it got picked up at at several film festivals and then became a full feature film 
that that became Napoleon Dynamite, and like that launched several careers. You know, yeah. I mean, you see a lot of the actors there, the producers, the writers. They're like still doing stuff, um, and that's the like the goal of a lot of people. But like, I really like my job, and I don't want to go anywhere, and I'm not interested in taking on more work. I wouldn't mind selling the rights to something and having somebody run with it or being a collaborator on it. But like, like, you know, uh, put your heart into it. My short film, I don't see where it could go. It's, it's a contained story. You know, there's, there's, it's not like you could really expand that. You know, I, I'm sure there's ways to do it, but like ultimately, cause I was asking, I was asking Steve Leeper, I was like, what is the point of, what is the point of doing these film festivals? You know, like I I'm, I'm new to this. And so I don't understand like the end goal, you know, if I'm not trying to get picked up by Hollywood, what is the end goal? And he's like, you know, just, it's just the way that people see your film. It's just yeah. the enjoyment, the enjoyment of sharing something that you've made. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I think um, there's different goals. Too. There's there's the goal of just actually getting known for animation, mm-hmm. and that usually happens through festivals and then through internet like presence, you know. Right. Um, but festivals are what you know put a lot of these indie animators on the map, and that only puts them on the map because audiences pay to go to those festivals. Right. So you know what I mean. So that's. I think that would be the goal. And then I also think like professionally, it doesn't hurt to have like some morals, you know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to be like, Hey, you know, my, this short film was nominated for, um, for me, I, I usually don't judge a film by like how many awards it won. But if I do see a film that's like won a crap load of awards and like, Hmm, maybe there's something to that, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's also the possibility of, you know, extra internet, whatever, because mm-hmm. several of these festivals, I could end up with IMDb credit, mm-hmm. um, you know, which would be kind of cool because like IMDb, you know, is a heavy, heavily ranking site SEO wise. And so if somebody were to be like, who is this Corey Kerr guy for whatever reason, and they search my name. Um, my site comes up and then IMDb comes up and they see, Oh, like, you know, he's on IMDb. That's, that can be, that can be a, a bigger deal as well. Cause I mean, that's on the flip side, like, you know, animation is super time consuming, but, um, from a freelance perspective, you can, ch- I, I, at least in my experience, I seem to be able to charge a lot more for animation than I can for illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and being able to say, and I don't know at what point in time you say this, but being able to say like award-winning animator, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, it just helps in negotiation of that price a little bit, you know? So, yeah. so all of that is kind of interesting as well, you know, and I think I'm not exactly sure, but I think I will be on the Slovakian version of IMDB. I don't know what that'll do for me, but that's a thing. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's all, it's all new and it's all interesting and I don't know where any of it leads, but it kind of feels like, um, 
yeah, it just kind of feels like where, what I should be doing right now. And that's usually, I go with that. So I don't know where it's going to lead, but it'll be kind of interesting to do. No, it sounds like a, a good exploration. And like, like I said, I think, um, I think it just depends on the, the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, any, uh, any final thoughts on that? I don't have anything. Okay. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you've got a thing and you're considering whether or not to, to put it out into the world or, or do it at risk, uh, risk something, um, you know, consider doing that. Cause it's an interesting experience Yeah, and, uh, and getting, you know, getting your, uh, getting your finished product out in front of people that are not your, your typical community um, is kind of fascinating it's a little risky and it's a little scary and it's uh, it's weird when you win and it's weird when you lose, but it's uh, it's definitely different than kind of your own echo chamber that you've built. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's uh, it's been a fascinating experience for the last uh, two or three weeks. It's awesome. So, all right. Where can we find your stuff, Scott? Uh, you can find me at cirqueworks.com. Uh, I'm also cirqueworks on YouTube. Pretty much cirqueworks everywhere on the internet. Cool. And Josh, where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find it at joshuakemble.com. And uh, you can also go to quarterlystories.com, and that'll take you directly to the latest page of uh, Quarterly Stories, a comic I'm working on. Good stuff. And you can see my stuff at coreycur.com. Uh, specifically right now, if you, I'm about to post in mere moments, uh, this, this animation that I just did. And so if you want to, if you want to help me out, uh, what I'm trying to do right now is, is get some traction on, um, Instagram and, and, uh, Twitter. So if you see, if you see something that I've done, like it, share it, comment on it, whatever, uh, whatever you want to do with that, it, it just, it just helps a lot. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple days. Love it. Bye.